Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Today, when I talk to Greg about how he's stuck an arrow into his leg, and, and that seems very strange to me, and he's still alive. <laughs> so how did it happen, Mr. Maul? How did I impale myself with an arrow? Actually, something about this arrow quick. It's not just an arrow. It's actually, I was hunting, so it was a broadhead arrow. And those of you who know anything about arrows or archery will know that these arrowheads are razor blades. And on this one, it had three razor blades for the, for the arrowhead. And then it also had a razor blade on the tip so that it would cut as soon as it contacted, you know, flesh. And so I just want to let you know that in order for that arrow to, first of all, connect with my flesh, it had to go through, I had insulated coveralls on. Under that, I had a pair of jeans, which were wool pants. Under that, I had long johns. And so that arrow had to penetrate all three levels coveralls, jeans, long underwear, just to get to the leg. And it was impaled 21 inches into my leg, into my inner thigh. So that uh, all that was sticking out was the feathers near my kneecap. Wow. And then what did you do? Well, First of all, how did you notice it? Well, what happened was, uh, it's a good question. How did I notice it? Because it was, uh, it was November 4th and yet there was a thunderstorm moving in. So I heard thunder and it was starting to get dark and started to sprinkle. I heard, and I said, I'm going to better get out of here. And I was sitting on the chair because I'd been paralyzed, you know, um, six years earlier. So I was sitting on a chair now in the forest. And so I slid off the chair, the you know, the folding chair that I was sitting on, camp chair. And I slid onto the ground into the weeds. And I put my bow around my neck and shoulders. And then I put both chairs around my neck. There were two chairs there. And I said, I need the chairs next time so then when i get up i can't stand up so i take my crutches and i crawl to the nearest tree and then i stick one leg out straight and then i have to push myself up like a teeter so then i stood up and i got my crutches and now it's dark and it's starting to rain pretty hard in fact it's lightning and everything now and so i walked out 
of the woods and I, nothing was strange at that time. And then I got to the edge of the corn and the corn was still standing. So it was real tall. And I had driven through the edge of the corn and parked my truck in the cornfield to have it hidden. So I had to walk through the corn and now it's really coming down. I mean, buckets, raining cats and dogs, thunder and lightning. You couldn't hear the guy next to you if you were yelling at him. That's how loud it seemed. And so I got to the truck. I threw one of the chairs into the bed and I thought, oh, I felt a twinge near my femoral artery, you know, kind of near your crotch area. There's a pressure point there where the femoral artery connects way up on the inner thigh. And I felt like a poke. So I thought maybe a corn stalk had poked me. So I looked down in this rainstorm and I noticed that there's an arrow and it's stuck in my leg the wrong way, way up deep. And at first I was in shock because I didn't believe that an arrow was actually in my leg because I didn't know it was there. And so evidently what had happened is I kept an extra arrow on the side of the, to the side, you know, and that must have fallen down in the grass. And then when I was crawling, with each time I crawled, the arrow was impaling itself further in my leg. So the more crawls I made, the deeper it went. And so I was going to crawl a little bit further, but I decided not to at that time, which was lucky. Because when they ended up doing surgery, the arrow was only one quarter of an inch from my femoral artery, the broadhead. You got and nine so, lives, my friend. Uh, you got nine lives, my friend. So here I am standing out in the corn in the thunderstorm with an arrow stuck in my leg, blood running down the arrow into the corn. And so I leaned over on the tailgate and I just thought about what my next plan of attack was going to be. And then I hobbled to the door and then I hopped in, not catching the arrow on the door, or pushing it in further. I had to be careful. And so I'm sitting there with my leg outside the door and it's bleeding down onto the truck. And I'm wondering, what am I going to do now? My only thought was I didn't panic. I wasn't real scared because I didn't have pain. And I just thought, how am I going to get out of here alone tonight? I'm not getting out of here alone. That's what I thought. I'm not getting out of here alone. And, of course, this cell service was non-existent, almost, you know, sketchy. Not a good phone service area. So here I am with no cell service in the middle of a thunder and lightning storm with an arrow impaled to my leg in the dark. And so called my wife, and she told me, do not move, because I said, uh, I could maybe get to the back of the truck to find a strap to tie a tourniquet, although it wasn't bleeding that heavily. And she said, no, do not move. And probably a good thing, because had anything happened, the doctor said, if that would have touched your femoral arteries, had you'd have been dead in less than 30 seconds. Whoa. Yeah. So I sat there and I got a hold of the farmer who called 911. Okay. And so they were going to airlift. Oh, 
How did you get a hold of the farmer? Well, I finally got cell service, and I called my wife, and I just said, you know, I just have an arrow on my leg. It's no big deal. Didn't want to get her worried. And then uh, they were going to airlift a helicopter in there, but it was raining, so they couldn't. So they had to send an ambulance out from Fargo, way out to, like, past Holly there. And uh, so then I had to wait until the first responders came. And, of course, who were they? They were fellow bow hunters. I didn't know them, but – and they got out, and one of them said, how did you do that? And I just said, don't ask, because I didn't know at the time. I only figured it out later when I was lying in my hospital bed. How possibly could this have happened? I didn't shoot myself with the crossbow. That's impossible. I didn't even have an arrow in the crossbow. Okay. So I'm like, that had to happen as an arrow must have knocked down. And I impaled myself by crawling through the woods. And uh, so they got me in the ambulance and cut the things away and everything, clothing. And it wasn't even really bleeding at all. That arrow was stopping any bleeding. You were lucky. And I was just talking to him like normal. I mean, a normal guy would probably have been screaming in unbearable pain, but I just sat there and said, what's up, brother? Yeah. And uh, so I got there, and the doctor, his face went white, and he said, we've got to get you an emergency surgery stat right now. So he had to flay the whole thing open in order to lift it out carefully because he didn't know where it was. So he couldn't just pull it out. So that's how I survived uh, the ordeal of impaling myself with an arrow deep into my inner thigh, launching itself a quarter of an inch from the femoral artery itself. Now that was six years after I had fallen from a tree bow hunting and had become paralyzed with a T12 burst fracture. Yep. And I've already related that story on podcast, but that's essentially what happened, Brad, and people ask me, surely you stopped hunting then? And I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I hunted harder than ever after that. I didn't quit. What, what do you, uh, primarily you use a crossbow then, right? Or do you use a gun? Yeah, I use a crossbow. I mean, I could probably still use a bow, but, you know, I've used my arms and shoulders for so long now that uh, it's easier for me just to shoot a crossbow. Do you, you use a rifle? Yeah, I rifle hunt too, but I primarily like to bow hunt more because you get so close and yeah. they don't know you're there. And I mean, I like to shoot my deer within about 15 feet of me, you know. How would you like to shoot a buffalo that way? That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. And I would try to impale. I tried to impale more deer after that than myself. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> the score now is Greg two deer zero because I got. <laughs> well, what happened is is Greg one deer two because I ended up I did kill two deer in one night with after that <laughs> after the impaling, but it took me a whole year to get back out. Yeah, and to recover from that, and then I got staph infection, and I had to have it reopened again. I, because I got it infected, they sewed it shut and it infected. So 
Oh, all kinds of fun stuff. But anyway, uh, that's the story of uh, old Greg uh, from Crippled Guy Outdoors, my YouTube channel, Crippled Guy Outdoors. Yeah, it's got about 247 subscribers, about 140 videos or something. But anyway, Brad, that's uh, that's how it happened. And uh, it doesn't really figure in a roller ramp too much because I already had a roller ramp. But indeed, uh, I continued to use it as I was in and out of my doctor appointments, I had to use my roller ramp to get in and out of the house. And that worked great as a portable ramp. So, you know what happened to me? You're going to laugh at me. My, um, I'm going to tell you one of my stories. I was hunting with my, um, my brother-in-law. He's no one who, he's no longer with us anymore. But, um, last time I hunted with him, we, I was at his, um, Mother, mother and dad's farm, or by, um, let's see, where is it? Uh, I can't remember the town now. Anyhow, anyhow I was got my chair sitting, uh, laid back a little bit, and I had my gospel, and I fell asleep. And as I was falling asleep, deer walked right by me. Oh, man. He goes, I was on a hear bang. I jumped sky high and he goes, <laughs> I got your deer for you, Brad. Oh, he, for... he goes, you were sound asleep. Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, man. I'm going, thank you. And he goes, you're welcome. Yeah, it is so easy for me to fall asleep in a deer blind. Yeah, because, you know, you're waiting, and you have to be so quiet. Oh my gosh! I swear to God, they can hear the electrical. Uh, it must have electrical sounds coming out the wheelchair, unless you have the chair shut off. Really? Yeah, I think they can hear that stuff. Because, wow! I, I suppose. Think, I think they they have sensitive hearing anyway. You know. Yeah. One thing I like to do. I would like to go to Texas, and I think uh, Tennessee might have some boars, too. I know Texas does. Boars? Does Tennessee have wild boars? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I think I think you and I should go wild boar hunting one of these years. Yeah, we can do that, but uh, we should probably wrap it up for today, and we can talk about wild boar hunting as disabled uh, gimps, as we are, call ourselves. Yeah, what the heck? In, an, yeah. not, in another episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. Bye, folks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal, sponsored by Rolla Ramp. This podcast features Brad Gabrielson sharing how everyone with a disability can live life to the fullest. Roller Ramp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. Special thanks to Kerry Wicks for moderating and to Dopey T for his original music. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.